This is called Pretty for a Dark Skin Girl. You're pretty for a dark skinned girl. The typical expression to give praise to your looks while downplaying your complexion. This type of compliment is conveyed with a deception that dark women ain't really cute, but you make a good exception. As if black and beautiful cannot coexist ever since the fall of man, our view of beauty has gone adrift when sin entered the world, so did opinion. We went from beholding was good to what can we do to fix it? So let's take a ride and travel through time to a king who had 700 wives and 300 concubines. He knew a woman from every creed and every tribe, but only one caught his eye to make him start writing rhymes. The Song of Solomon. Ready to extol his melanated lover, and to the surprise of many, this lover was none other than the Shulamites. Translated in the Hebrew as old, perfect one, but unconvinced of her own essence, this title she was shunned. At first she said, I am dark, but lovely. Probably said it with a snap. But then she said, look not upon me, because I am black. You ever felt like that? Come on, let's be true. One moment you're on top of the world, the next the world is on top of you. Injustice and mistreatment has put us on the defense, handling our uniqueness as a defect. They ridicule our fuel to keep it locked within our chocolate skin, then wonder why we're not comfortable when the shoes they mock us in. In this instance, we must keep in remembrance that pigment doesn't negate that were made in God's image. So, despite what the serpent tells you on the surface level, there is still a certain treasure in your earthen vessel. But let's get back to Solomon. Because Solomon made a song praising a black woman. Which is why today's music makes me sick to my stomach. We went from return, O Shulamite, that we may look upon thee too. Where them yellow bones, I don't want no black. And we lift our hands and we do our dance and songs and views with the mission statement of the Ku Klux Klan. We're too tough men, too cheap to the wind, too sleep to the fan. Come on, man. God planted a beautiful garden. But while men slept, tears are planted amongst the harvest. And because we were too those to stand strong, it forced our women to put pants on and assume the man role. We were supposed to protect you. We were supposed to uplift you. I was standing for your guiltless sentence, I repent too. For every song I played that called you out your name and looked past your crown and reinforced your chains. And every time my insecurities left you perplexed and every time I reintroduced a brown paper bag test. Y'all know they used to hold a brown paper bag to our face like this and if you were lighter, you progressed. If you were darker, they said, next, our society been a mess. Racism and colorism. What will it take to liberate us from this prison? How about a brown skinned Middle Eastern Jew, one who would lay down his life for me and you? And skin color didn't affect his decision to spread love, showing that the only color with superiority is his red blood. Skin you're in. You're not pretty for a dark skinned girl. You're pretty. Yes. Period. Yes. And this is for every tone, every hue, and every shade. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay, guys, so that was a poem called um, Pretty for a Dark Skin Girl. Um, I'm gonna put it in my bio in my Instagram so that if you guys want to go back and listen to it, you can. Um, I was just waiting for um, the people who have asked to join us to be ready and come through. Um, for everybody who doesn't know what we're talking about today, 
we will be talking about um colorism within um the black community um this is mainly like the reason why i'm talking about it is because i don't know if any of y'all have been following like all the drama that's going on in the uk with like nella rose um mr 200 like all like the really big influencers are having like a little like beef situation not beef but like there's a lot of conversation about tweets that they sent when they were younger that seem to suggest that there was um hatred for darker skin black people and so i thought it would be a really important conversation to have whilst like things are still show popping and i wanted to bring it to my timeline and have the conversation with you guys um and essentially just talk about like what does colorism mean to us um like does it really exist? Does it affect us? Um, and I say us, but like, does it affect people? Do people know what it is? Um, and kind of just talking about what does what does colorism look like in today's world, and figuring out how we can better prepare ourselves to respond to it in a way that brings education rather than like causing problems um additional problems so um i have like a presentation because i care about you guys so much and i'm gonna give a quick disclaimer before anybody jumps in and asks questions or contributes um a quick disclaimer is that um i'm not claiming to know everything and the people who are going to be here are not claiming to know everything um, but we are going to be sharing our opinions and our experiences and we're going to answer any of the questions based on our feelings of things and that's not like the be it of everything it if you have anything that you want to like get clarification on google is your homie google is your best friend so hop on to google they've got your back um and yeah you can get more information that way i'm gonna be doing this series for the rest of the month so this week we're gonna be talking about colorism within the black community next week we're gonna be talking about colorism within the brown community and then the third week we're gonna be talking about whether there's such a thing as colorism in the caucasian community and if there is like what does that look like and then the final week i'm trying to get us guest hosts um to really talk to us about how we can um strategize and really make sure we're you know living our best lives amidst all of these situations um so i have asked a couple of people to uh join me as like guest hosts today and so if you want to be part of the live session just request to be added and i can add you whether i spoke to you or not just let me know and i can add you i think beth is here and my girl was supposed to be added but i don't know if i can just like add you so i'm gonna be adding Beth, because that's who I saw first. Um, but if you want to be added, just let me know and I can add you. Whilst we wait for Beth, Hello. I'm actually Google <laughs> Um so what do you do, baby? I'm just I'm chilling. I was I was just watching Lupita Nyongo interview. Oh. I was priming my brain, you know. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Literally, I've been watching so many YouTube videos today because I didn't want to come here and be like, colorism, what is it? And have yeah. like no idea what it was. <laughs> so like I've read like article after article after article and I've tried to kind of come up with like like as many definitions and put them into like one definition that makes sense. I know. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So before we start, I'm just going to define colorism in case there are people who don't know what it is, because I found out today that there are actually a lot of people who don't know what it is. Um, and I guess if it doesn't really affect you, you might not really know what it is. So I'm just going to define it. I got two definitions. Um, one was actually the word uh, colorism um, was first coined in 1982 by um, Alice Walker, and she defined it as prejudicial or preferential treatment of same race people based solely on their color. Um, and then another definition that I got that I felt like gave like a little more flesh to the definition was that colorism is a form of racial discrimination based on the shade of an individual's skin tone, typically um, favoring lighter skin. It is, it can occur both within um, a specific ethical group and also across ethical groups. So, Miss Beth. <laughs> Talk to me. Okay. Introduce yourself first. Tell us who you are. And then after that, this is going to be such an odd question, and I know I'm putting you on the spot right now, but how would you describe your skin tone? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm Beth. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I'm going to grow because I want to try it temporarily. Long time. <laughs> My interior trend is complicated. But anyways, right now I am kind of in a transition stage. I'm using this quarantine downtime to work on a lot of projects that I've kind of like hadn't had time for. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm somebody who's like super involved, was super involved on campus when I was enrolled uh, and even in the year after I, I stopped taking classes. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, my skin tone. Okay. The camera is definitely making me like this angle lighting is making me look lighter than I actually am. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> you look, you look yeah. hella light, baby. <laughs> still, still, still. It's cool. Embrace it. <laughs> the light bulb. But um, I think. I don't know, this is kind of a word other people have used often, but caramel. I get caramel a lot. I always hear that. Um, and what's also really funny to me is, like, my friends have debated. De like, mm -hmm. I say debated mm -hmm. whether or not I'm light-skinned or dark-skinned. Like, so many really? people. At least three times in my life, I have sat down, and there's been a great event where there's been an hour, multiple people arguing, Beth is light skin. Beth is dark skin. Beth, Beth is neither skin. And it's just, it's such a funny conversation to me because like, I've never cared as much as the the people who are debating, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nearly as much. But as like, that. how would you describe yourself? Do you class yourself as like light skin or dark skin or in, yeah. in between? Or? I think I'm in the middle. You can't really put me in either camp definitively. That's how I identify. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Okay. To be transparent, I feel like I'm a bit of a dwarky. I'm a dwarf chocolate. <laughs> That's how I would um, identify. I would describe myself as like a dwarf chocolate, something, something. I mean, I would like to be a little bit dwarker, but you know, <laughs> we work with what we got. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the next question I want to ask you is, um, what does colorism mean to you? And has has it had any effect on the way you live your life? Hmm. Yeah, so colorism... also, I'm going to preface by saying this. This is a safe space, guys. We're encouraging conversation. We don't know everything. So please be nice and ask your questions. If you have questions for Beth, if you have questions for me, hit us up. Um, yeah, carry on. This is a safe space. I just thought I should put that on there. Of course, of course. Um, what does colorism mean to me? That was that the whole question. That was the second part of the question. Um, what does colorism mean to you? And um, do you think it's affected the way that you live your life in any way? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So what it means to me, I'm pretty in line with the definition you gave earlier. Like, it's something you know, the Peter Nyong'o was just saying that I was just watching. 
that really struck me was she was just saying it's it's like the daughter of racism you know it's not racism it's in, in and of itself it's gone way beyond racism uh it's it's kind of like it wouldn't exist without racism that's kind of where it started you know from racism towards especially black people and brown skin folks and everybody but mm. at the end of the day it, it happens within societies right within the same race within the same group of people et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and my own experience with it is kind of interesting, like, because I, I, you know, I consider myself somewhere in the middle, I don't really think I have a gauge. I don't think I'm conscious of when and how how often I experience colorism. Like, I definitely can tell you when I experience racism. I can point out almost every single time, and even sometimes I'm speculating too much. You know, we all get conspiracy about it, like, it's because I'm Black. We all get- <laughs> <laughs> right? But... <laughs> Um, but I, if I, colorism, like, I see it when it happens to my friends who are darker skinned. I mm-hmm. see it when, you know, lighter skinned friends are preferred, et cetera. I see it happening around me, but mm-hmm. I couldn't in my life place myself within those experiences because I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I just. <laughs> Do you think that maybe just putting that like out there, when I see you, I see you being like lighter you're definitely on the like light side of the spectrum, mm-hmm. right? So do you think that maybe you aren't aware of it because it doesn't really affect you that much? The, honestly, yeah, that's a very good chance. Like I, I definitely can see that being possible, you know, in a way it kind of sounds like it's, it's, it's just a stone's throw away from a white person saying, well, I don't see racism, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's, kind of, but I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it with that same like, oh, it doesn't exist. Therefore, it's, it's yeah. kind of, a, yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the problem, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> someone, oh, shout, hey, mommy, uh, <laughs> asked, um, how do you think that affects your conversation at the table, not knowing where to place yourself? I don't think there's a concrete definition of the different shades. Definitely agree there is no concrete definition. Um, how do I think that affects my conversation at the table? Definitely there's a sense of like, am I even qualified to talk about this? You know, like, you know, there's definitely other people who have more concrete, tangible lived experience and more, maybe more tangible things to say about it. Yeah. Um, I am the kind of person who observes systems as a whole, like very, very intently. So I think if I bring any value to this conversation, because that's up for y'all to decide, it probably <laughs> in just the looking at it from a wide angle, kind of like, like I said, I've observed everyone around me and their experience mm-hmm. very in detail and, 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 and whatnot, but so yeah, like I, I guess at the end of the day, I'm, I'm no authority, but I'm no stranger either. <laughs> yeah. I think even to just like, uh, the last question that Mamu said was, I'm just trying to scroll through y'all, I'm old, I got thick fingers. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. I don't think there's a concrete definition for the different shades. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like there, I don't think there's a concrete definition, but there's like, an internal definition so like depending on where you go you kind of know like generally speaking like on the spectrums between like light and dark you kind of find a place where you fit so like depending on where i go i could be classed as like the darkest in the room or i can be classed as like i don't think i'd be the lightest in the room but i could be like classed on the lighter side of the spectrum so I think it kind of, it, it, it has a lot to do with your, I hate to say this, but your perception of what lightness and darkness is as well. Um, I, someone asked me a question and they were like, so like, who's to blame? You know, like, who, who do we say, like, is the person who has created this like spectrum or like this, um, these ideas of like light skin and dark skin and like, and if you look at the root of it, it's like a lot of it was kind of suggested 
on us well not suggested but like put on us but we've internalized it as well and have almost perpetuated the bad habits that we inherited oh definitely yeah yeah ingrained over generations and generations yeah <laughs> has it affected you i think that's a question for you beth definitely um has it affected i think the question has it affected you and also charmaine's question charmaine question about do i feel more privileged uh both of those i think i can answer together um, Wait, can you read the question out loud in case the comments don't show when we post it again? Uh, so one person asked, has it affected you? And then uh, followed it up with, it. it's easy to place yourself in a place of privilege, but also I always try to tell people to understand that it affects them too. And then someone else asked, do you feel more privileged because you're a lighter complexion that is more privileged? Um, and so the reason why I see both of them together is because how it has affected me is that yes, I've seen myself, I think, getting privileged, but also at the same time, I think like part of why I, I came with that perspective of like not knowing kind of where I fit was because questioning where I fit wasn't something that I had to do until the last couple of years, you know, like recently. Because oh. I grew up in a place where there were many black people, period. Right? Uh, yeah. Like, I, yeah, there's black people. But they were, they were all Ethiopians that I knew. I wasn't really, it was mm. black people. All I knew is when I'm not with Ethiopians, I'm just black, apparently. Got it. Right? And so I didn't really, yeah. but I've definitely seen situations where like people have preferred to talk to me versus a darker skinned friend or, mm-hmm. or I don't know, like one time me and a friend went to like interview for the same volunteer position. And mm. I'm telling you, homegirl was more qualified than me, but, like, I got the position, you know? Mm. It was just, like... And that was that was here in this Peterborough, you know? You know, this very, very... Uh, town. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... I don't... I, obviously, my awareness about it, how it affects me, could improve. But at the end of the day, yeah. I definitely would say I am in this sense of the spectrum of color, definitely privileged. And I, and I, I've, yeah, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. I was, I had, a, I had an ending there, a conclusion, but. It was uh, there somewhere <laughs> in the yonders of the world. I hope that does. <laughs> um, does anybody else have any questions for Beth um, before we close with Beth and we get somebody else? Somebody, somebody, yeah. Someone, somewhere, someday, somebody. Okay, um, Beth, do you have any like closing remarks? Any questions? Anything for the audience before you, you leave us for the evening? <laughs> Not um, chasing you off or anything. I just want to see if we can get other people in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um. Honestly, not really, just because, like, I don't feel like this is the place for me to, you know, continue rambling on. I definitely think there's other people that I really want to listen to myself and and learn some more. So I am going to give the space to <laughs> get ready for bed while I listen and ponder. And I may be asking questions. We'll see. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate and value you for answering the questions. Um, it's really important that we continue to have these conversations, um, whether you're directly or indirectly affected. I think we all bring something different to the conversation, and it just helps to bring, like, the it increases the knowledge that we have around the topic. So thank you so much. I appreciate you, baby girl. Um, I think Charmaine said something. This is so interesting. Your volunteer job that you got over the darkest skin person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's crazy is that like in in, out there in the world, I know that's like not even the worst of things that people think. Like Mm -hmm. to think that that's actually kind of minor yeah mind boggling good night okay
Thank you, Miss Beth. Good night, sleep well. Okay, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Miss Beth. Um, okay, yes. We've got Mama coming in to the chat room. We got Mama, Mama, Mama. Hi guys, the chat, I'm washing chat, the chat, dishes. Chat <laughs> <laughs> okay, introduce yourself real quick and Hi tell guys. the people who you are and how you would describe your own skin. I'm Mama. I'm dark skin. Uh, magic, if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, baby. Come on. Wait, on. I gotta wipe the screen. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm Mamu. I'm dark skin. And I wanted to join this conversation of colorism because I wanted to also, like, add on to Beth's point, mm -hmm. which I thought was really important because that's my sister. Um, Beth um, said that she herself hadn't um, experienced colorism in, like, a larger scale. But I thought mm -hmm. it was going to be so important if, like, we talked about it in our own communities because it's so easy for us to talk about colorism in a larger scale of things. Yeah. Um, so saying like, oh, I'm dark skin, so I face this, this, this. But then mm -hmm. I'm dark skin, I'm Tanzanian. How does that look in Tanzanian culture? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because that changes things. Yeah, of course I'm going to face colorism in Canada. It's Canada. But yeah. facing colorism in my own culture, in my own with mm. my own people is very different. And I wanted to hear your perspective on that, Ropa. My perspective? Yes, I feel like with Zimbabwe maybe not I'm just I'm not gonna put it like as Zimbabwe as a whole, but in yeah. the community I grew up in, it was like if you were lighter you were told to stay indoors. Right. So, like, they were like, you don't want to go outside and be, like, dark. So stay indoors yes. so you can continue to be light. And it was, like, being light was, like, associated with being super smart. And it was associated with being, like, the bougie kids, the kids who stayed in the mm -hmm. house, the kids who were, like, you know, doing their thing. Right. And, like, but did, it, sorry, also didn't have, about. yeah, yeah. Did, oh, that oh. Also, did class also have something to do with that? Like, if you were um, on the poorer side, was that also, like, added to it? Like, or was it just I feel like Kingston? we still had like I remember we had like poor kids who lived like in the village but they were super light but because right. they were light it was okay right it's almost like because of your lightness you transcended like everything else <laughs> like it was like right. you've got a, like a green ticket to life you'll be fine right. but it was also if you were super 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 dark mm -hmm. you were like a Nubian queen you right. were like yeah so yeah. anything in the middle was like pick a struggle bro are you going to be dark skin yeah. or are you going to be light skin <laughs> and I think like both I think both you and I fit in that middle spectrum yeah. because we're not necessarily considered dark skin mm -hmm. dark skin well we mm -hmm. are dark skin but I mean like we're not we're not Sudanese you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. but we're not obviously super light as well like we're not we don't even caramel like best put it you know we kind mm -hmm. of fit in between. So I guess Boink, uh, Holly put up a really good point. I want to ask him this question. Holly, you said you've used to bleach your nose. Is that just like a conversation? Holly, shut up. <laughs> is that just because <laughs> you thought that your nose was darker than the rest of your body? Or is it just like a thing back home? Like, did you guys have to do it? Because, I don't know. Please explain to me. Like, go into more detail about that. Because I'm so curious to see how that fits into our own culture. Because that's such a big thing, too, right? Oh, true. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have uh, Kali on. Kali, Kali. I'm so sorry. I'm going I'm to let y'all know now. I'm going to butcher a lot of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, if you want to be featured, let me know. Just, like, request, and I'm going to add you. Um, but, Mamo, like, how I'll do you think it's affected it. you? Yeah. Well, okay, so... A lot of people know this about me, but I was I was born in Tanzania and then I moved mm -hmm. here when I was twelve. So for me, I came from a community that was predominantly black and dark skin, mm -hmm. but Tanzania is also very colorist um, yeah. because I used I, I call it the melting pot of East Africa. Well, actually, Kenya is pretty there too, but Tanzania and Kenya they have everything. Like my next door neighbor was uh, Arab, and then the one next to her was Indian. You know, so there's mm -hmm. just so many different cultures. So there, there was always room for conversation. And I remember having this conversation, I think it was with, uh, who was it, Tanashi, I think it was, like two years ago, basically yeah. saying that he came from a community where he was black and he wasn't like a conversation where he fit. 
and then mm-hmm. he got here and the, the narrative changed where mm. to me there was that conversation of who am I um and where do I fit in my community but a lot of us were darkened you know so there was yeah. never there was never a question on where I fit but then when I moved mm-hmm. here and I lived in a predominantly white neighborhood and then I went to school at Trent in a predominantly mm. white uh, environment and I met a lot of people who were lighter than me there was mm-hmm. always that conversation of am I taking too much space do you know what I'm saying because mm. like there's always That's that conversation so of do you have to come back a little bit just so you're mm. not intimidating so you're not uh, I guess too much for this, yeah. like, the space that's provided for you. Yeah. That was always something I was very conscious of at the beginning. And in high school, like, a lot of my friends can attest to this. I didn't really do much leadership-wise. I did some, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't president. I wasn't vice president, you know? I did mm. things in an executive way, but I was director of events. Because yeah. I didn't want to take up the space because I didn't know where I fit in those conversations, you know? Yeah. But then I got to Trent, and the first year it was all, me taking a step back because there were these white people who were so well-spoken and they Mm. came from communities where they had never met people like me yeah and I basically I was trying to figure out how I can represent myself and meet people from different communities Mm -hmm. but not come off as an angry black girl because that's a narrative that's always put on us especially if you're darker if you're lighter yes it's a bit more forgiving you know but Mm -hmm. when you're darker it's very easy for your charisma and for your uh, drive your zeal, your passion, your passion <laughs> to come off as intimidating, as yeah. taking too much space, you know. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted that to be the four years of Trent. And then when I got to second year, I got over myself and I was like, screw it. Like if I'm gonna take over, I'm gonna take over. Like yeah, one more, you know. So I don't know. Like how did like let's talk about your leadership because you're yeah. you're a woman. You take so much space, you know what I'm saying? Like, and like, you amaze everybody. So with you owning all these different spaces, like in the world of entrepreneurship, in the world of like leadership at school, like all of this stuff, how Mm -hmm. has that affected you in those spaces? I honestly feel like I the backlash I've gotten has been more from the Black community than it's been from anywhere else. So what I've realized is the spaces that I take up are predominantly spaces that you don't find a lot of Black people. That's what I'm beginning to realize, that, like, I almost feel comfortable with other groups of people. And even if there's judgment there, I don't take it personally, because I I almost attribute it to, oh, they have lack of knowledge. I can teach that. I can right. answer that. But when right. it's your own people, it just burns a little bit differently. Like, yeah. when a person from another race gives you, like, a young microaggression, and they're like, oh, you pretty, you know? <laughs> your hair is nice for, like, mm, you know? Yeah. But for me, the big thing is, like, your accent. Oh, my gosh, you sound so white. You can't be from Africa. And but I'm I think like, you're used to it if it comes from a non-black person. You're yeah. You're so used to it because you're like, yeah. Okay. I was born and raised to get used to this shit, you know? Exactly. But then if it comes from your own people, it's like, my dude. Bruh, it burns differently. Like, I remember in first year, I always say, like, whenever I think of, like, why I decided, like, I wanted to change my accent and sound more African, literally, first year, tip camp, I had a bunch of girls who came to me and they were like, "Um, you can't chill with us because you're not black enough. And I was like... Hold on a minute. Oh my god. What does that mean? I was just gonna ask you. <laughs> name names and I realize you're still in Peterborough. I can name names. I can pull out name names. I don't care. But you can DM me those names real quick after. <laughs> but like it took me so far back that like only recently did I realize that it's actually affected the way like if if people say, like, oh, my gosh, you sound, for example, people say I sound British all the time. Mm-hmm. I take that as an offense now because of that statement. And whenever people Thank say, you, oh, my sir. gosh, you sound so bougie, I'm just like, no, I don't. I'm offended now. Like, I'm just catching feelings left, right, and center. I think people also forget. I internalized like, it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, baby. No, the internalized part, we'll come back to that because I actually want to touch on that. But I think yeah. people forget to realize that 
you are a product of where you grew up you know mm -hmm. so you was you grew up in the uk like you went to school there so your accent is going to be that but then mm -hmm. some people like i guess the connotation and how the tone that's used in that conversation is definitely different like mm -hmm. and beth also said a point where she said that's her whole childhood beth and i went to high school together mm -hmm. and we were both not conventionally black like I mm -hmm. everybody knows this about me was a huge fan of Bieber Beth on the other side was very punk rock I'm <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie Brian, when he got married it's fine it's fine I'm okay um and Beth on the other hand like she was super big in the whole like punk scene and yeah. like just listen to all the alternative songs we can think of mm -hmm. but and like there was also the conversation of cliques in high school right so there's the black side the italian mm -hmm. side, this 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 how was mm -hmm. your schooling how did that how did you fit when you're not forget forget university let's go back to i guess the more like high school years high school yeah where did high you school, fit in those honestly years? i don't think i realized it as much from my peers mm -hmm. it was it wasn't necessarily the skin tone, it was the mannerisms. So like right. Charmaine mentioned, like uh, being called an Oreo. I've like all my life, I've been called an Oreo. And what for those who mean? don't know what an Oreo is, <laughs> it's like you're black on the outside and white on Wait, the inside. I never, I never understood that. Because <laughs> what, what is it like to be proper black or what is it like to not be proper black what is the difference <laughs> like I don't understand that yeah so like I grew up being called like an oreo or a coconut exactly yummy she okay, feels me a coconut it's the same thing you're black on the outside and you a whole lot of white on the inside okay oh my goodness yeah so like for me I grew up almost like I I almost like detached from that and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm an Oreo, I'm a Rocky, I'm a Livy, that's just who I am. And so I just almost like just embrace it. So throughout high school, I knew I was an Oreo, I knew I was the coconut, and it was fine. And then I came to university and I was like, these people are going to be woke. They're going to be awesome <laughs> no, they're not. and open-minded. But no, 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 they were worse. And I was just like, how? It's because before I was like, maybe it's just a Zimbabwean thing. <laughs> Nope. Maybe it's a Zimbabwean thing. When I go to university, I'll have a diverse group of people. We'll have like a little bit of East Africa, a little bit of West Africa, a little bit of Northern Africa, you know, a little sprinkle of the Caribbean out here in these streets, you know, just a melting pot, but nah, bruv. <laughs> Wait, okay, so your first year, if I remember correctly, a lot of your friends were white, right? Yeah. So yeah. was that a big change from high school to university coming to like a French friend group that was predominantly white, but then you also had Taxu on the side. How did mm -hmm. you manage to jump back and forth? Because it is a jump. Like as much people as that, much as yeah. people don't want to recognize it, when you're yeah. jumping between two groups, it's exhausting. I think for me it was almost normal because in Zimbabwe, my group of friends were all black. Right. And then when I moved to England, I had very few black friends. Like maybe one or two. Right. And then the rest of them were white or brown or anything else that's not black, right? And so when I moved right. to Trent, honestly, my goal was like, I need to make more black friends. I don't mm -hmm. have enough black friends in my life. I just need to gather up on the melanin. Right. And then when it happened at Tip Camp, because like, for people who don't go to Trent, Tip Camp is essentially like the first, it's like uh, orientation for international students um, before like the actual orientation for the rest of the university, right? It's a space um, for international students to meet and mingle and create a communication stream before they meet all the idiots, aka my people. Very <laughs> <laughs> nice, listen. So like after orientation, I left with honestly like a bad taste in my mouth and all the people I connected with at Tip Camp were not the black people. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was almost like I was just pushed into the other groups of people. And I didn't really, I don't, I don't feel like I had a choice in who I ended up becoming friends with. Right. And then with, even with Taxu, right. I still kind of, there was still that hesitation. There were people who I managed to click with. But if you notice, they were all in the coconut area. 
we were all low key just like the rejects we were the kids who were like not quite like black enough but not white either why should black is be defined in their correct that's a good point Charmaine that's a very mm-hmm. good point and i think mm-hmm. it is right and i think that's where a lot of the problems in the black community stem from it's that we have such a narrow road well narrow like definition of what being black means and if you yeah. don't fit even two of those characteristics you basically step out of the black shell and then yeah. there is no protection and there's just so much i guess conversation about that and then it it fit did you hear my sister <laughs> just a little bit just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> anyways um like and i think this conversation also like goes deeper with different subcategories right religion yeah. like uh culture you know mm. continents like i feel like this conversation is different in africa and different in the caribbean you know yeah because it's 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 definitely deeper like i know i've had this conversation with mikila and john a little bit mm-hmm. on how uh, different it is for them back home and like mm-hmm. there's people who are ostracized for being too dark but then let's talk about this new well i guess now it's not new but like when it started spiking last year mm-hmm. the whole dark skin love trend that was spiking last year where like people were glorifying women and men who were darker and covered in oil but they were put on this pedestal and then women who were darker or men who were darker who weren't covered in oil were just looked at as if they were <clears throat> a regular regular leave us alone you know what i'm saying like what is that <laughs> But like I also feel the same way about like the whole natural hair movement period. I yes. feel like uh I I feel like even the natural hair movement, I feel like if you are a darker skinned woman with looser curls, oh my god. You is you fine. You is fine. But if mm-hmm. you're a darker skinned woman with like kinky coily hair, my sister, mm-hmm. you have a lot to figure out, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So continue ma'am this is your speech <laughs> i need you to <laughs> no like i i just feel like honestly when it comes anything that is put into a movement means that it's very like fickle i i don't want things to become a trend if we're saying like we're talking about like colorism the moment we say we're having a colorism conversation and it's a trend i feel like hello <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the moment we make things into trends we're almost like ignoring the root causes of things and just like plastering like bandages on top of things. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I I personally as an individual don't like the idea of these movements. If we're going to talk yeah. about it like let's really look at the root cause of these things. If we're saying that like the root cause of colorism is I don't know like consumerism and beauty yes. standards, right? Like let's really sit down and like figure out what about those beauty standards. Instead yeah. of just saying, "Oh, beauty standards, okay, if we're going to be talking about consumerism, let's just pick a bunch of black people and put them on an ad. Let's just make sure yeah. we have one black person on every ad. That's not looking at the root no. cause. That's just so, masking so all the things. Diversity is that what it is? Like one brand should have a diverse group of uh models representing I feel like is that the diversity isn't enough. Yes, Baba. I feel like yes, Okay. <laughs> um Just huh? as Mamu figures out what she's doing, um, if you want to be added to the session, just request, and I can add you guys, just so that oh, we continue okay. to have this conversation. For all the people who are new, we're talking about colorism. Um, specifically today, we're talking about colorism in the black community. Next week, I'm going to be talking about colorism in the brown community because I got a lot of DMs from people saying, "Hey." We go through similar things in the brown community. Can you talk about it for the brown community? That I think black colorism is in general it's a big thing everywhere because I was watching a documentary. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of documentaries. It's not Okay, baby. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of documentaries um about colorism and the other day I was watching a documentary on Filipino colorism and mm-hmm. there was one uh, we'll talk about this I guess you guys will talk about it another time but there was the whole conversation of uh bleaching creams. Let's talk about that. 
because mm-hmm. growing up, that's especially if you grew up in back back home, like bleaching mm-hmm. is such a big thing. But I think mm-hmm. the whole black love thing only came to me here, like when mm-hmm. I moved to Canada. But like I still like saw people bleaching and get the blotchy skin and the mm-hmm. burnt skin and all mm-hmm. of it. So. I think that's what we need to start. It's like these outsiders are essentially telling us that our skin is not good enough, and we're taking that advice. We're taking the cream that they're pre- uh, presenting to us, and it's the whole mm-hmm. conversation of consumerism. We're taking it, and we are changing ourselves to fit this narrative that they themselves are rejecting, and yeah. hence the tans, hence the plastic surgeries. You know, like they do so much to be us. And we're doing so much to be them. So mm-hmm. what is the middle? Like, where do we stop this capitalistic society? And where do we fit in this cap- capitalistic society? See, uh, but that's why I think, think, like, diversity isn't enough. If you just have people who are stooges and are just representing people, but not actually tackling the problems that those groups of people face, you're mm-hmm. not doing anything. Yes. You're just having faces there. Mom. <laughs> my, my family doesn't know when someone is They don't want you to be great, sis. <laughs> 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 Mom. They don't want you to be great. Okay, one second. Go to somebody else. We'll re- re- okay. come back later. Thank you, Rachel. Cool, Thank you so much. You are awesome. That's the whole point of We are going to everybody, somebody else. What's good? Hi, how's it going? I had this thing set up real fast, and I was like, oh, whoa, I gave you really short notice, so I really appreciate you coming through, baby girl. So shout out to you. I'm just gonna say, like, guys, this entire conversation was like inspired by this lovely lady over here. Um, like, I think like a month and a half ago, I sent you guys like a a thing saying like, um, what do you guys want me to talk about on these like live sessions? And she suggested that we talk about colorism, and I was kind of just like, you know, soothing on it, and kind of thinking about what, what, how do I contribute to this conversation? Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that this week just happened to be the time where everything just went kapoom. And I thought, honestly, you would be a really valuable member to this conversation. Oh, and so introduce yourself to the peoples um, and tell them who you are and describe, um, how would you describe your skin tone? And then we'll go from there. Alrighty. So for those of you who don't know me, I am Mana. I'm sorry, my com- my phone is on my computer, so that's why. No judgment here, baby. It's cool. Um, <laughs> so I attend Trent. I'm in. I'm going to my fourth year. That's crazy. Um, and I've been in Canada for about 18 years or so. You know, don't have a accent, so you know, we've been climatized to Canadian culture. <laughs> and uh, my skin tone, very, very, very. You can just look at me. Like I'm from South Sudan. We're dark. We're dark. Yes, baby. There. That's <laughs> apparently, you know, we have a genius world record of someone owning the darkest skin. Queen Yakim. She's a model. And, you know, the reason why I wanted to talk about colorism because, you know, like, you know how you're saying we're talking about it within the community? I feel Mm -hmm. like I've experienced it more within my own people versus outside. Only because, you know, I think my first uh, starting with my first introduction with colorism happened in about I think grade seven, grade six ish, whatever, I was being bullied. I was being bullied by um by my cousins, which is actually quite ironic because you know we're yeah. both from South Sudan. You know we're both dark skinned but you know for guys it was just kind of like you know oh everyone else was like calling cool bullying people mm. for the dark skin. We're gonna jump on this train and like you know. I get called names like Darkie or like, you know, Aww. Moonshine and like all that kind of sun, all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, people turn off the light and be like, oh my God, where did Nana go and stuff like that. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Like it got to a point where like my mom almost had to take me out of school just because of how much the bullying was getting. And just when it happens at that point, you know, at your your adolescence, that's when you're going towards your teenage years. And what happens at that point really affects how you're um you're gonna grow up and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so you know thank goodness I had a good support system with like my family and everything because it could have it could have went a pretty wrong way like you know I've had cousins who bleached their skin and all of that resulting because of being bullied for their skin color so it was kind of just like you know even though I didn't get to that extremity, like, it was there. It was always there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was always inside the house. I even have aunts and stuff saying, oh, you know, you should try in a little bit of skin, like, you can this, this, and that, you know. A little bit won't hurt. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you see, where it starts as a little bit, that's how it progresses. And yeah. there was a point made that Charmaine said it at, it's internalized racism. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Like, um colorism is a direct effect of colonialism because with mm. all the british people coming into multiple of our african countries you know setting the standard that you know lighter skin is what's wanted you know yeah. so you should attain to be this level of lightness to be accepted by us and mm-hmm. the fact that it hasn't changed that conversation hasn't changed because a lot of jobs nowadays a lot of people still go by this european center beauty this mm. eurocentric future that you know when you look like this you're more favorable and more people mm. are gonna want to see you and accept you mm-hmm. um you know besides like those cases that i had when i was growing up when i got to like high school and like university it wasn't too bad it wasn't too bad per se for like the bullying wise people were mm-hmm. more like you know like understanding and accept and accepting but it's around grade 12, you know, right before, like, the university jump, you know, I got yeah. called a comment saying, oh, man, I like, you know, you're pretty for a dark skin. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh no, what does mean? for a dark what skin, does that mean? what does that mean? Am I pretty? Is it because I'm dark that I'm pretty? Is Like, what, what do you what, mean? What? Well, I, I, I didn't know how to answer that I didn't know how to say like thank you I just said thank you and I moved on with it but it was just kind of yeah. like it got me thinking like why did they have to add in that for a dark skin for a dark skin you know and see, the mm. thing is it was a black guy who said it to me that's that's what's getting me so it just got me thinking like how bad is it rooted into our own people's mind that they can't look past it and not say I'm just a beautiful person you know Mm. um so then like it kind of was like you know maybe I need to go reflect and go on a little self-help kind of like you know journey and kind of see where I find myself in those spectrums and just seeing how like uh how I interact with people and all that kind of stuff so by doing all of that it just made me realize like just a lot of it is what the old generation is putting on our um, our minds and all that kind of stuff. But also it's just the fact that a lot of our own age mates are very ignorant to the fact that colorism is a real thing that they kind of just mm. brush it off, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. You know, people are always bullying light skins like for being too pretty, this, this, and that. And I'm like, okay, mm. that's not the same. Different as, struggles, baby. Different <laughs> struggles, you know. We're not trying to knock down your own struggle. I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not trying to knock down mine. I'm just trying to bring light to a situation that's not yeah. being talked about. And mm-hmm. it doesn't help when you have like big celebrities, big rappers and all that using derogatory terms to like, you know, dark skinned women and then mm-hmm. uplifting the light skins because it kind of puts people you better into preach, two, girl. <laughs> it puts people into mm. two categories, like, you know, um, am I attractive or am I not? And then mm. that brings the conversation to like colorism again, because it's like, is it colorist for me to have this preference for lighter people or is it uh, you know? And all of that, and I'm just like, girl, preference, mm, internalize, internalize, a little bit of something, you know, exactly. Yeah, no, these aren't the oppression Olympics, literally. <laughs> because I, I can't with the comments, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh man, like 
it's a lot of hate in our own community and it's it's quite sad to see it's really sad to see because um it does happen in other like countries predominantly in the asian um as well as the african countries for like you know dark skin and all that but compared to a lot of other cultures this is where we as black people lack we don't come together about discussing what our issues are because you know it's kind of like you just kind of like brush it aside and like for me to a lot of people are like oh you know you're pretty so like it's okay like you know even though you're dark you're still pretty and I'm like okay but like that doesn't make a difference you know what yeah. if someone else you find is my exact same complexion but you don't find them pretty are you gonna automatically treat them differently mm. um you know so what is what does that make you as a person like what hate do you have within yourself that you're going to project it against other people? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the ones who be projecting it usually be having mothers who are Black, you know, mm-hmm. sisters who are Black, aunts and women in their life who are Black. And I, ha- and I have to say, like, you know, if these women aren't checking their behavior right from the get-go, how are they going to be able to check it? You know, whenever they see any of us trying to correct that behavior, we're just going to be duh placed in that mad black woman category right away Mm. you know and it's Mm. like I'm mad yes just because you don't see like that cloth of colorism hasn't lifted from your eyes maybe it hasn't lifted from your eyes and you need to see that you know you're in the wrong you can have preferences you can do whatever you can date whoever, whoever you want but if you have to put down other people just to make it make you feel better about it then there's something wrong about that conversation mm-hmm. um i think even mamu mamu said in the comments um can we also talk about um people who benefit from men oh light-skinned people who benefit from men putting us down yeah 100%. <laughs> 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 listen but what I'm also beginning to realize is that the light skin dark skin conversation is predominantly for women mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. what I, I I was the big story that like really inspired me to get onto this conversation is I don't know if you uh, heard about the whole Twitter situation that happened in the UK with all these yes. influencers. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. if you notice, the people who got the most backlash were the women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the people who got the, like, the times two backlash were the darker skinned women. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that tells you a lot about like what the, convers- like, the narrative of the conversation is. Mm-hmm. It's almost like on the hierarchy, if there was like an invisible hierarchy of, of people, like black men and then it's black women Mm -hmm. and then we fight amongst each other and they fight against us Mm -hmm. and it's almost like an an us them mentality of like oh you know we like the this group of people we like that group of people we like this these attributes and not these attributes Mm -hmm. and so it's almost like instead of black women determining what is beautiful we have black men determining what's beautiful we have white people determining what's beautiful we have the media determining what's beautiful we have everything but us determining what's beautiful and then when we're given the opportunity to make those laws and to really like essentially define who we are we ourselves have internalized this so much that we can't even see that we're part of the problem uh, I think the issue that lies with that is with black men. A lot of them are in like you know sports. A lot of them are in you know a lot of these big um, audiences. So like yeah. they're exposed a lot more to like different races and all that. And a lot of the times they're very they're over sexualized. I hundred percent feel like um the black people as a race themselves were over sexualized mm-hmm. you know saying you know girls are way more mature when they're younger and then like guys um I've seen like you know newscasters and just people making comments saying oh I would love to be with a black guy this this and that mm-hmm. so you know in that sense it's a bit 
positive in a backwards way on the black man so you know mm. sometimes it can fuel them it can make them believe that okay you know if these people are accepting me like it doesn't matter about my own people like i'm already accepted so that's all that matters like i'm still black but you know you can go from there so then when it comes okay, to wait, wait, wait. Yeah. it's saying that we're left with like 15 seconds so it might like go haywire okay. so i'm just gonna start a new live after this if it shuts out in like five four <laughs> three two two <laughs>